Write the story that you want other people to read. Now I know this is a rough paraphrasing of the famous quote by Toni Morrison, but I believe it is apt here. J.V. Vample started an entire series before she graduated high school. And just like her characters in her in this nine book series, she has grown up with them and given them voice and personhood in a world that chooses more often than not not to see black women even though black women are one of the most highly educated groups of people in this nation. J.B. Vample was kind enough and gracious enough to give some of her time to this particular space and for that I am grateful. She is bubbly, she is passionate, and she has a swag that can only be found when you encounter a black writer, a black woman writer, who knows she's good at what she does. And without further ado, I give you J.B. Vample, creator of the College Life series. Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder you can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. Good afternoon, J.B. Vample. I am so excited to have you on the Writer's Block this afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm actually really great. Um, there, there are some other things that um, are in the mix for the podcast for the season, but you know, we, we go for and make do. But I am so excited to have you on the show today. And uh, for those for those of the listening audience who are not familiar, J.B. Vample, I found on TikTok that she is actually very active on and all that information for her social media will be in the show notes. And that is how I actually got wind of the, uh, of the incredible, of the incredible storyline of, of the college life series. So now that I've gassed you up a little bit, could you tell <laughs> us about your, tell us about your writing journey? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the my current series is out. It's called the College Life Series. Um, it is a nine book fiction series that follows five young black women on their journey through college. Um, I actually uh, created this series. Um, got the idea for this series back when I was in high school. I was 17 years old, a senior in high school. I was going to be graduating um, high school and going to college that fall. So I kind of just like I've, I've been writing since I was a child, honestly. I think I wrote mm -hmm. my first short story maybe, I think, in middle school sometime. And was, you know, journaling and writing poetry and things like that. And I, I did write a couple of um, novels, incomplete novels, before I started the College Life series. But the College Life series is the one that I stuck with. <laughs> so, uh. I, yeah, so I was getting ready to, you know, I was in my senior year. And I just got this idea to 
you know, create these characters and this storyline around college because I was going to be going to college and I kind of had an idea of what my college life could be, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't like the story, but it could be. So I just got the idea and I wanted to read something like that. So there was nothing out there and I just I started to write it. So I that's that's how it was born. And I was writing it through the rest of my senior year and through college and through my 20s and at the age of uh, 34, I decided to publish my first book. Go ahead and publish my first book. And I did a lot of research at the beginning of that year. I got my first book just edited, like revamped totally. Mm-hmm. And I just kept writing, you know, um, other books in the series while I was going through that. And by the end of that year, 2015, December 2015, I published my first book. And been going ever since. I have eight books out, and the ninth book will be out July second, actually. <laughs> awesome! So I'll, we will make sure to have all that information in the show notes as well. The the two things that I really want to pinpoint of all the wealth of information that you did, that you just gave the listening audience is one that you stuck with the series. Now, now there are many writers that you know have that one itch for a book and they can go ahead they go ahead and complete that and then they don't then they don't do anything else with it so they they, they make what they they write one story and then you know kind of that's it so the cool thing that you actually stretched it into nine into uh series of nine books that's a flex mm-hmm. That that, that we're just gonna we're just gonna we're 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 just going to, to pat you on the back, dash up a little a little bit more. Says you know that that's really a flex. And the and the one thing that um, I think is so awesome about what you what you're doing with the College Life series as well is not all the uh, listeners of this particular of this particular podcast are old enough to to remember a different world. Yeah, which w- that was. As a uh, little black girl in St. Louis, Missouri, I wanted to go to college because I had seen a different world. Yeah, I loved that show. Loved it. Right? Still love it. Still <laughs> yes, love it. yes. And the funny thing is, the guy who played Dwayne uh, Dwayne Wayne in um, the Cosplay series is in is in one of my daughter's favorite shows, uh, Casey Undercover, as her dad. As her dad, Kadeem. Kadeem Hardison, so yeah, yeah. Is it Kadeem Hardison? He's he's actually in that show, and I I still think that's the funniest thing whenever she watches it. But <laughs> but the one thing that I also think is awesome is the fact that again you you focused it around five black women, and we yes. know that we know the statistics say that black women are some of the most educated people. Yes. In this in this country. Yes. Another flex. Yes. So Absolutely. so. Yeah, another flex. So it's so it is amazing that you capitalized on that even before you really knew you were capitalizing on it. Yeah, because honestly, I wrote this. I initially wrote the story just for myself because right. I just love to write and I love to read also. So I just really, I really wrote it for myself. It was really for something for me to read and enjoy later on. And as I kept writing and it kept going and. You know, as time went on, I'm like, you know what? Somebody else might actually like this. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and in my twenty, in my mid, in my early twenties or mid twenties, I did um, toy with the idea of trying to get it published. Back then, you know, it it wasn't perfected. It wasn't even edited and anything like that. But when I went, I tried to go for it. I, I did send some query letters and I sent it to a publisher and I got rejected. And I, that's not surprising. I'm not blaming anybody right. for myself. But at that time, when I got the rejections. I lost all the confidence that I had. Like I wasn't as confident and as sure as I am now, you know? So mm-hmm. back then I didn't 
I just, I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to be published. But I still wrote it. I still continue to write. I, I never stopped writing it, except when I had the writer's block for a little bit of time. But that's writer's block. But other than that, I just kept writing the book. And then one year I came to a, a crossroads in my, I say, I would say career life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm doing as far as job is concerned. I said, well, what? Like, I was talking to myself, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Jess? And I'm like, the one thing you always love to do is write. We have these books you're sitting on. Do finally do it. Do something with it. Finally publish. And that's when I came to that decision. And again, because you had you had that um that inner that inner wisdom to say, what is it that I want to do? One of the things that by which uh inspires me continually to, and continue to do this particular platform and make this space is I was tired of writers who look like me giving up. Yeah. Because there's so there's so much uh, there's so much in the world to, as far as um, just getting your name noticed anyway, as far as, it re- as far as it relates to writing and publishing. But it almost seems uh, to be a double whammy when you are Black and something. Mm-hmm. Especially Black and woman writing the stories you desire to write. Yes. One, of the things, one of the things that um, I love about, and I, again, I mentioned her on this particular portion of the internet often, one of the things that Toni Morrison talked about when she really began to examine what it is she wanted to do, because again, for those of us who know Miss and Toni Morrison, know that she started in publishing. Mm-hmm. She really wasn't a she wasn't quote unquote a writer per se. But when she got into it, you know, after writing the Bluest Eye that I found through found out through um, her movie um, Pieces I Am that just type it up because she actually would write it out longhand. Yeah. So, yeah. so she had so she had these people, you know, God bless them, that actually sat and like basically decoded everything and wrote it and wrote it up. And Toni Morrison says in the in Pieces I Am, she actually did this pro list about the things she had to do and the things she wanted to do. And she said the things she had to do, she and uh and it was two columns. So one of them was um she had to take care of her sons mm-hmm. and she had to write. Yeah, and I and I remember sitting there at my kitchen table, you know, unsure of my own self, and you know that that portion that you feel like you're going you're going to give up, and when she said that, everything in me just started weeping. Yeah, because the because the one thing that I don't think people understand is that when you when you really begin to commit your gift and talent, skill, ability, and time to actually creating something. You are basically telling everybody else in the world where to go. Yeah, you are. You are basically telling them that this, this here, is what I want to do. This yes. is what I believe where all my gifts, talents, and skills lie. This here yes. is what I want to do. Because I remember um, again that watershed moment, looking, listening to her. It was, it was literally her and Nikki Giovanni that can, that continued to inspire me to keep going. Cause I'm like I'm like Nikki Giovanni is in her seventies, being dope. <laughs> you know, yes. She's still out here. She's still out here just just uh, wrecking shop with these twenty with these twenty six letters. I can't give up. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. You definitely so, can't. Right. So the so the so the fact that you were able to you know get in that quiet, creative self and say what is it that I want to do, and then being bold enough to a- to answer that without any yeah. other outside influence. That's that's something that I, I believe a lot of writers have, but aren't bold enough to say. 
at least not yeah. say public at least not say publicly we say those things in like group chats <laughs> and uh over coffee and you know while we're screaming at our computer in the middle of the night like i, I just want to go to bed but I, I hit the, but, I didn't, but i've hit the, but i've hit the stride so i've hit the, since i've hit the stride i have i have to keep going yeah, now I, now I, 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 yeah. I I got five more pages. I, I got, if I can get these thousand words out, I can go lay down. Yes. Oh I can God, go lay yes. down. <laughs> yes. What, but as it relates to the College Life series, um, was it based on any particular university? No. No, it's completely, it's a completely, you know, fictional city. I mean, the name of the city is uh, Paradise Valley, but the city, there's a name of Paradise Valley in Arizona. I, I've mm-hmm. lived in Phoenix for uh, um, years when I was younger. So it's a city name or a county, or whatever, Paradise Valley. But that's, you know, I, I moved that name to Virginia. So it's a fictional um, city in Virginia. And I just named it College Paradise Valley University. It's, it's not based on any HBCU or a PWA or I. It's just a, a college name that I made up. And it's implied that it is an HBCU because, you know, my characters are black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, which which would then so here, here I go being a fangirl. Would, would you really, or have you thought about placing that uh, Paradise Paradise Valley University in into its own universe and kind of building around that? Um, as far or, as other stories or mm-hmm, as far as yes. Like, like, well, we, well, again, we know college life is like nine, is like nine books. And again, here I go being a fangirl. And um, would you ever consider like branching that out? Maybe doing like a reunion or kind of uh, maybe like next, the next class. I mean, have you, have you, you know, expand that this, uh, this totally melanated, magnificent space? Um, well, first of all, I love the way you put that. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> But honestly, as of right now, see, these characters in this series, I have been attached to, still them, but I have been attached to them for years. And I get this question a lot as far as, especially since the final book is coming out of the series, I do get the question of, do you, would you do another college series or would you? And I'm like, uh, as of right now, I don't know. Mm. As of right now, as far as, this particular college, you know, college series goes as of right now. The book book nine will be the final book for these for these characters in this series. As of now, um, that, that's, I just, that's fair. Yeah. Now I don't know what the future holds because I get I, I get ideas all the time about things that just pop up. But right now, as as far as I can say, right now, this will be the final. Say that the universe, the universe uh, that I created, won't pop up again because I, mm-hmm. I do plan on writing other books in the future. And I, I wrote another book um, last year, but as far as these characters, I, I don't even, I don't see me doing anything else with them, it's, especially when it comes to like their children in the future. I don't, I don't see it. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Okay, okay. Because I'm, I'm going, I'm going to fangirl and keep, and keep my and keep my ear to the ground because I'm like, okay, you know what? Because this is. This, this is dope <laughs> and I like this I like that she was able to create this this is great because because uh, you know in the immortal words of bell hooks no woman has ever written enough yeah so I'm like so I'm just I'm just gonna keep keep my ear to the to the ground to the ground for that but speak but speaking of the college life series do you consider that YA well it's technically NA which is new adult 
And mm-hmm. I say that because new adult, when I was when I first started um, really getting into self-publishing and researching um, everything that comes along with that, I was researching uh, different genres. And I knew that the series wouldn't fall into women's contemporary because the characters are between 18 and then they graduate and they're like in their early 20s. And mm-hmm. I figured it really wasn't YA because I know YA is, a lot, is really, I guess, high school for the most part. So yeah. when I was looking and researching, I found that there was a, a newer genre called new adult. How I, which basically it follows, um, it tells stories of characters between, I believe, the ages of like 18 through maybe the mid to late 20s. So mm-hmm. that new adult phase, you know, because a lot of books jump from YA to, to women's contemporary or adult without kind of exploring the college years. But when I was researching and, look, you know, looking to choose the genre and, and the, um, the categories, new adult at the time, and I, it's probably changing a little bit, but it was more so new adult college romance. It was romance. And this series isn't, it's not a romance series. So right. I had no choice <laughs> without, you know, to put the place into into the YA category. However, when I do do my cate- you know, categorizations, when I'm um, publishing, I do make sure to mention that it's college, university, you know, stuff like that to kind of make sure I have the categories correct and not to mislead anybody. But it's technically no adult, but because that particular code isn't... It hasn't progressed enough for me to be able to choose that <laughs> when right. I publish books. I had to put it in YA. But hmm. it's technically new adult. However, I do have readers who are in the YA reader category and older. Yeah. And the the one thing that I think um that is so awesome about the series that you that you have done, uh it we're gonna just put a we're gonna just make that in italics because you know we're pleat it's not it's not bold yet. It's a it's a soft it's a soft finish. We just gonna we just gonna see what happens. Okay. <laughs> but but the but the one thing that I think is so awesome about you know the college life series again piggybacking on uh, a different world is sometimes the best way to explore the world, especially as a minority person, is through books. Yes. You know if you don't you know I know uh, with this with the success of uh, what is it who is it um, Eunice Jones who does. campaigns children cannot be what they can be mm-hmm. so you know you have this you know this group this group of young women you are which means okay you already have this uh this core female friendship this core black female friendship mm-hmm. in this in this new space yes pursu- pursuing higher education together yes that that right there all while and, dealing with everything that they deal with within the uh, two right. hours, yes. right? You know, we we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna just put everything out there, but because the, the one thing that I think is incredible is that the fact that you have you have given them so much humanity and so much personhood that we can see ourselves yeah. in these characters, and you know, you find yourself yelling at the play, girl, girl, don't do it. Oh, yeah. she's gonna do it anyway. Oh no! So so you so you can look back, you know, as one who's graduated college. Like, oh, girl, I remember the parties. Oh, God, I remember that. Go, oh, I remember. Oh, God, ooh, I, I know. And then, as on the flip side, then you have those who haven't experienced any of that yet. Yeah. So it's so it's it's uh, it's beautiful that you were able to, for lack of a better word, marry both marry both of those things, even even intentional, especially seeing um, and knowing the age by which you started the series. Yeah. You know, like okay, this is gonna be cool. 
follows. And then as you grow and mature as a writer and as a woman, you're like, oh, yeah, this is gonna be good. But now that I've lived through that part, let me let yeah. me take her through. Let me let me take her through it right quick. You know, let me take her through it right quick. But <laughs> but but that but the but that is the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about fiction that you can you can literally walk through people's lives while pretending to be somebody else. Absolutely, I and love that, fiction. I love it. And that and that indeed, I think is is a is a flex, especially when you are able to put that put that through through a series that way people can actually see how everybody has grown together or or um not grown up together or my mom's favorite phrase my mother's favorite phrase is some people grow older not up right (laughs) so then so then you have people who literally stay stay 16 and they're 36 right so the one thing that i really i really liked about the series is that you were able to do that and that's and that's not and again that that's a flex because again, I'm seeing again as a writer reading this, I'm like, oh, why not come up with this? <laughs> why why not come up with this? This is this is awesome. But with that being said, what is the biggest? What was the biggest takeaway from writing the series? <sighs> the biggest takeaway from writing this series for me, I would say, hmm. That I could write a series. <laughs> I mean that that that, ind- that indeed is a flex because um, you know one of the people who I who one of the other people whom I often love and have um, I'm sure mentioned on the show at least once or twice is you know the grand dame herself Shonda Lynn Rhimes. Mm-hmm. Shonda said, <laughs> "Now this is Shonda, right? Shonda, yes. the creative of Olivia Pope. Shonda. Yes. She yes. she said that." Um, she wanted to be, you know, and in her book, uh, the which I cannot recommend enough. She says that um, she started writing in like middle school, also being and in, stuff in, and in, in things. And she she also said that she wanted to kind of write like Toni Morrison and write prose. Mm-hmm. She found out that she was not good at, and she's like, and but and it kind of discouraged her for a minute. But then she found her niche with screen with screenwriting. Right. And she just, and she just went from there. So it's it's not that I think sometimes we as writers can be too hard on ourselves. Yes. But, but what but what but what you just said as far as you know the biggest flex the biggest takeaway was child I did it. <laughs> you know, like I like you followed the idea start to finish and then develop that idea from start to you know the breaks in between because you know life and and growing and think and and other personal demands. The fact that you were able to pull pull that you know continue to pull that thought pull that creativity through several books not everybody's able to so that indeed i i count with you as that being a flex thank you i I, and i definitely do it's it's like i i was able to pull these characters (laughs) out of my mind and create their lives and not just their lives but the people surrounding, the people that make them them, the people that made their storylines. I, I created a whole world, a whole college life experience, and I was able to continue that through each book and thankfully make people want to continue to read the series <laughs> as it went on. So I, I definitely do, you know, pat myself on the back for that. I think that every writer, every everyone who has, who does something and creates something 
should pat themselves on the back no matter where you are in your career because you you've created something you've done something you've accomplished something writing a book isn't it's a big deal it's a big it deal is. and i believe that and i get i have gotten this question before do you think anybody everybody can write no you yes everybody can take everybody can write what I, but everybody i think it takes a cre- a, a special create mind to mm-hmm. create like that and just like singing and, and dancing and, and artists, I believe that it's a talent and mm-hmm. not everyone has it. So if you have it and you're able to do this, pat yourself on the back <laughs> for real. Right. Cause it is indeed, it is indeed hard. And uh, F. Scott, one of my favorite quotes by F. Scott Fitzgerald is that it says that a writer isn't one person, but a lot of, uh, but I'm paraphrasing. A, a writer is not just one person, but a writer is basically a lot of people trying to be trying to be one person. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm like, you know, he was right. Yeah, <laughs> and yes. I, he was he was right. And then um, again, Toni Morrison says this in uh, Pieces I Am. She says that when she was writing, uh, oh, I forget, I forget the book. It was it wasn't Sula. It was it was another one. Oh, I can't think of it. I'll probably think of it later, or put in or definitely put it in the show notes. But uh, there was one character named Pilot, and she said the character Pilot would talk to her while she was writing and try to take over the story. Oh, now yeah. those, now those, right? Now those of us who have not had that experience would say, "Oh, Tim was having a whole psychotic episode." <laughs> but those, but those of us, but those of us who are familiar with that, mm-hmm. know exactly what that's like. Where you, as the writer, okay, I have this idea. This is what I'm going to do, and then this part, then this imaginary person with no chill is like, I want to do this. No, we're not right. doing this. We are not doing it. No, <laughs> right? No, we no we're not doing it. You no. I run. This is my story. This they is my story. The story. They tell theirs. The characters tell what they they make you tell their story their way, and I I understand completely because. When I talk sometimes or when I say this, I know people kind of think I'm crazy, but I'm like, my characters actually do talk to me. <laughs> they, and the, they, and that, to me. they do. I mean, even uh, one of the writers, one of, uh, even Truman Capote said that. He, he said that I can't be responsible for what my characters do. Absolutely. I'm like, <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes I'm like, sometimes you, can't, when, especially when you get in the zone, you just like, well, this is just what we doing today. We just yep. all gonna cho- we just all gonna choose violence. <laughs> yep. Like oh, okay, I'm just gonna record the violence. And y'all y'all are out here doing it. I'm You're just reading. going to record the violence. <laughs> yep. I'm yep. just going to record the violence. And speaking yep. of record, and speaking of recording the violence, we know there that there is no greater violence violence to a writer than writer's block. Mm-hmm. When yep. you cannot access the the imaginary people. Um, yes. There was a there was a Facebook uh, status that I that I participated on maybe like two years ago, and it said, "Explain, explain what you do for a living in a very scary way." And I said, "I listen to the people in my head and do what they and do what they tell me to do." <laughs> That's a good one, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but the thing, but even in that, you know, we know that how how devastating that can be, how it can be, it can be, and even you know how it how it can. You know, started by that by the by the imp of uh, imp of all uh, the imp of the destroy of all things creative imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So how so how do you or how have you dealt with writer's block? Whew. 
writer's block is like a curse word to me. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, Facts. I, I, remember, I remember when I was in the middle of, when I was probably about in my late 20s and I was in the middle of writing book four of the series, like for the first draft of book four. And I remember that my ideas just stopped. Like when I say I hadn't, I, I, I was sitting down to look at the screen, I had nothing. I had nothing, mm-hmm. so I paused book four probably probably about 25% of the way, 20, um, 25% through. And I had writer's block for about five years. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, and then one day, I, again, I was 34. I was mm-hmm. all this happened for 34. I just started getting these ideas again. And I started getting, I'm like, oh, my God, they're coming back. So in that year, I wrote, I finished four. I wrote five. I started six. I was in the process of redoing one. I was just, because it was, everything was coming. Everything was coming. So Mm -hmm. back then, I didn't really know how to handle writer's block or deal with writer's block. I just let it kind of just fester until I got my ideas. But now, um, when I was in the middle of writing, drafting book nine, I was getting a little bit of writer's block. I wasn't liking how the story was going. Ideas were stopping. But I said, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this this time. Mm Mm-mm. So I actually made myself sit down and I just started typing. I would look at what I wrote previously and just start just start typing, just start typing. And eventually as I was typing, ideas was coming, new ideas were coming and the things were flowing out. Now I go back later to see if it's actually workable, <laughs> if it's actually mm-hmm. good. But the, but the point is I got, I, I was writing. The point is I got things out and I, I was, I'm paraphrasing this little uh, quote that I heard before, but it's like, the faucet doesn't like if the faucet's off, the water's not going to run. Right. So I, I I turn my faucet on by just writing, and then eventually the water will start pouring out, and then that's how that's how I deal with it. I sit down and I just start writing. Whatever comes to mind, whatever if I force myself to do to write something, I'm I'm just going to sit and write because I'm not going to let it overtake me like it did before. Five years is too long for me. Right. To I mean, have I, an idea. and tell yourself. Five years sounds complete, just completely devastating. And sometimes when you come, and sometimes when you come out of a season of just like again the faucet being off, and it, it, it you know it does affect your confidence. It it affects your whole it affects your whole flow. Mm-hmm. And the the one thing that um, again, and Shonda Rhimes talks about this in, in her book, The Year of Yes. She calls it laying some track. That it, but it, and she calls it also, which I thought was really cool. She calls it the five mile sprint, where basically she writes every day. Yeah, because she's like, and if you and she goes, uh, the more you write, the quicker it is to get to where you to where you want to. Absolutely. So she's like, okay, just lay some track. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh. So when so when I actually heard her explain it that way, it made more sense to me because again, um, I truly believe that writers are 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 a different breed of creative people. Because yes. we literally we literally walk around with other people in our head. Yes. You know, you know, um, inspiration can come from any place at anywhere at any time. And you have to be willing. And there there and I do believe there is a, there is indeed a discipline that goes with this. That you, that you that you have to be willing to say, okay, you know what? Um, when these ideas come, let me at least catch them. Mm-hmm. If I can if I can if I can catch it that I can get back to it, even if I don't get back to it immediately. But if I catch it, I'm, I'm being obedient to this gift that I have. Mm-hmm. And so when the, you know, again, let it, in using the metaphor of the faucet. So I know the, I know the one there and it has to go through valves and pipes and spigots, but I know the water is there. So if I at least turn it on a little bit, 
whatever this pressure is that where all the water is, is going to eventually come this way. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm not, that way I'm not drinking. You know, my, my dad had this uh, phrase as far as it relates to, you know, studying hard sciences like history. It's like, it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. And sometimes at, and sometimes as a writer, when you've had that block for so long, you literally spend however long trying to catch up because you're like, yeah. okay, I had, I had this, I got this, I'm a story. This, I'm gonna map this. I'm gonna plan it, and then people around you who who you know don't have not experienced, you know, you do you at full a full court tilt, <laughs> being obedient to your talent are like, girl, what's wrong? I, I look, I can't, I can't go out. I just I, oh, I've got I I have to finish this, girl. You've been writing yep. that for months. Don't judge me right now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm just I'm just trying to get the imaginary people to leave me alone. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to get the imaginary people to leave me alone. And they only leave me alone when I put them on page to do, to do what they're supposed to Let me tell you something. One, there were two recent occasions where the, the story that I wrote last year, which has nothing to do with the College Life series, but the story that I wrote last year, when I say one night in particular, I could not fall asleep until probably like five, not to be about six to six <laughs> 20 to get off of work. I didn't go to sleep until five o'clock in the morning. These characters in the whole story kept me up until five o'clock in the morning. Bad. So I like, I had to stop what I was doing with book nine of the series, and I had to stop and write this book because it would I wouldn't be able to sleep. And that's how that's how deep it is, and that's how I think that, like you said, it takes a special kind of mind to do this here. It does. <laughs> You said they're not going to shut up until you write their story. They don't. <laughs> they don't. One of the best things I think has happened in the last, like, maybe 20, 30 years as it relates to writing outside of computers and say, and saving and jump drives <laughs> is, is, the fa- is the fact that smartphones now come with the capability to record your thoughts. Mm-hmm. That you can actually, you got, you can actually speak, the, speak the work that you want to write next and have it be saved somewhere. True. So I mean that that is one of the inventions that I I tout on this particular platform all the time along along with having um, the ability and the wherewithal to save your work in two places, right? Because you know it, th- there's nothing so devastating as as starting a work and then like you know where is it? Oh, that's why I have five flash drives. <laughs> I, I have look. I have a I, I have an email account that I just send stuff to. That's just just a dump. I just send it there. Yep. And then I have and I because uh, for my uh, for the computer I have now, I actually because Windows is because Windows is it is its own troll. I had to <laughs> actually I had to do an update, and I did my update, and I did not save the draft the, the draft. I, well, I thought I saved the draft of the the sequel to a novel I was working on. When it re when it got done updating, oh. my computer crashed. Oh my God! I sat in the <laughs> me and all of my grown self. I sat in the floor and hollered crying because <laughs> I'm like I can't. I'm like I cannot believe this. I'm like I was only doing what the computer told me to do. I was rebooting. I did and and all my work, like poems, essays, think pieces, they were all gone. But most of them oh. I got back. Thank God, and I had gone to you know the the computer store, the uh, window store, uh, where I live, and they you know they 
thankfully repaired as best they could, but they were like certain things were lost. And I just sat, I just, I was salty for like a week. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even, I, I, didn't, I, I think I cursed out my computer every time I walked past yeah. it. <laughs> like, how could you, like, how, like, how could you betray me like this? We supposed to be, we supposed to be, we're supposed to be a team. Yeah. We're supposed yep. to be a team and you do me like this. Ragged is something, you know. <laughs> yeah, ragged, so and so. But but speak. But speaking of things that kind of get on your, who were your favorite characters out of the series and why? <laughs> so my favorite. No, I have to do the 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 writer mom thing and say first of all, I love all my characters. Okay, <laughs> the writer mom thing. <laughs> the writer mom thing. I love all my characters. I created them. I love them. However, my favorite characters in this series, number one, would have to be the character Chastity. Mm-hmm. Um, I identify with her to a point. Um, the character starts off very, she's, she still kind of is a little bit harsh to me, but so especially in the first couple of books, she's, she's very, very guarded. She's, she is very mean or whatever. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm mean, I'm just saying I'm guarded as a person. And I understand like she has a wall built up because of things that happened in her past. She's not be able to trust people like that. So I, when I went to college, I still had certain things happen. I, I had that wall and I still have it to, you know, to this day to some point. So I understand her on a, on a level. Like she just wants to be, she has a hard shell and she's a tough cookie, but she just, she wants to be loved and accepted like everybody else. She just has a hard time expressing that and a hard time accepting it, but she wants it. Um, and she's, she's a firecracker. I, I, you know, I like that. I like that about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, other, one of my other favorite characters are, is Malaysia. She is a, um, she's very, uh, she likes a lot of attention. She's very silly. She's very outgoing. And she's just a, a fun, I would say, a, 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 um, a more funner version, funnier version of Chastity. And their, their, their relationship ends up being very close, you know, in the end. But I, just, I like those two characters. Those two, those two are my favorite characters. But again, I love all my characters. But those two are my top two favorites. And they're, a lot of, they're actually the top two favorite as far um, in regards to like the, fan, the readers, too. When I poll people and ask people, Chastity and Malaysia are the top two people, <laughs> characters that they love. <laughs> I love that you said, I love that you said the writer mom thing. That is, that yes. is awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in my, in my repertoire from, from, from here, from here on in. And speak, <laughs> and since, and since we know that sometimes the most complex characters can be, can be, what is one storyline in the College Life series which you planned on being one way Invisible people being problematic, but ended up. <laughs> well, that's to not give anything away. Um, I would, I would actually say the storylines actually start with the characters. There were a couple of characters that weren't even in the original version. Oh um, wow! Right. So the character of Sidra. Now her storyline was one that wasn't even a part of the original version. Sidra's character, her name was totally different. Her name was, what was her name? Callista? Callista mm-hmm. Howard. That was the, the original character's name. And she, her mom died before the, it was the series it was um, in the world it was start, uh, took place. The series, her mom died and she was raised by her father. She had uh, brothers. And, you know, she still knew, she was still Chastity's roommate in the beginning. And she still knew of the character in Malaysia. They were friends in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's just something about that particular character and her storyline I wasn't feeling after a while. So 
I completely, I changed her name. I changed the name to December and the mom still had died previously. But as I've started writing her, I just wasn't feeling her as a character. So I changed the character once again to Sidra. <laughs> I've made her, you know, I have her mother living, her mother's living. And um, she is her, the only girl of four children. And she's, you know, girly girl. And she's still Chastity's roommate. But her, she is, I couldn't see this. I don't, I couldn't see the story. I can't see the story without her. Like, I'm glad that she kind of just bombarded <laughs> the other characters out and jumped in my head and say, hey, hello, me. And I'm glad that I added her because I could, the story wouldn't be the same without her. So she wasn't the original character and her storyline was, you know, wasn't original. And then the character, Jason, which is one of the supporting characters, there are four supporting guys in the book. Jason was one is one of them. And originally mm-hmm. he wasn't in the book at all. Oh, wow. And as I, actually, it, it wasn't until I got to college, I think, and started rewriting, you know, kind of rewriting everything, the, the book one, I added him in. And again, that's him, his character, his storyline, the series wouldn't be the same without him. Um, Chastity, she was always the original character. However, she, in the beginning, her storyline was, and again, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give anything away to anybody who hasn't read it yet, but um, (laughs) her aunt uh, in the book, Trisha, wasn't originally a part of her story at all. Like, I added Trisha later on, too. Mm-hmm. And then Chastity also wasn't, she was a little bit more snobbish than she was guarded. Like, you know, so her 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 personality was a little bit different in the beginning. But as far as storylines are concerned, there are a couple of storylines that I did have for the characters that I did change, like kind of tweak a little bit. But again, I don't want to say what those were because I feel like I'd be giving something away. And I don't want to yes. So right. we'll just see what the characters, the characters who weren't originally there versus the characters who are there now. And those were the, those who they were. And were those characters based on any of your own collegiate experiences, people you know, or just no. or just Nope. These people, these characters were characters that I created out of nowhere. And I like to think I don't know if I was that intuitive or that smart <laughs> then, but um, I like to think of each character as a little bit of my, like a little bit of my personality split mm-hmm. into five dramatic versions. Right. I like to think that. <laughs> but again, I, when I created these characters, I don't think I was thinking that. But now that I think back, I'm like, maybe that's where I was coming from. But who knows? And, you know, when I was 17, what I was thinking half the time. But um, <laughs> these, these were people that I created. It has, is there nothing like, well, one of my, one of my best friends from college, she thinks that this series or characters could be based on us. But I'm like, I started this series before I even came here. What are you talking about? But no. <laughs> she don't, no. no, she, no. But the one, and I, I, your friend from college thought like, was thinking like mm, you probably based some of this on some of this madness on us the one one of the things that i find interesting people in your circle find out that you can write they automatically think that everything is about them mm. like no it, but e- like even if it is i'm not gonna tell you right uh, even 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 if i take si- a, a sip of this conversation i'm never gonna tell you what i need to sip a conversation for I'm never, I'm never going to tell you that. I'm never going to tell you that while we were out at, while we were, you know, out, you know, being dope, black and amazing, that I was 
as you know, people watching while you while you were on your phone. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna tell you that, which goes kind of into what uh, Viola Davis said about. I think the same thing could be applied to writing. Viola said that you know, right in in uh, being an actor, you have to be a thief. Yeah. For being a writer, you have to be the same. You have to be the same way. But we have, but we have to use uh, where you know where uh, actors may use you know their their uh, natural senses to pick up what they need for characters. Writers use those those same senses and even that imperceptible need to know what's going on, and we build worlds. Yeah, we build we build the people by which you have to build you have to, you have, that you then now have to catch up and like get skills for. Yeah, like, like you know, one and with uh, the, with speaking of you know series, we can't you know we can't begin to wrap up this 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 particular uh, conversation without mentioning uh, the genius that is August Wilson um, and his uh, and his Pits- and his Pittsburgh cycle. That's a whole that's a series on a whole level. But the but the one thing that I love about his work and even the actors who now um, replay it and um, Excuse me, for a new for a new generation. Like my my daughter now is reading uh, King Hedley the Second. Mm. You know, I actually had to read it for undergrad, but I was as I was reading it out loud, I was cracking up, and she's like, "Mom, what's funny?" And I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm like this, you know." But at the same time, in committing to this cycle, in committing to in committing to the College Life series, you commit to saying what I'm creating someone else is going to have to recreate in order to bring what I have to life. Someone, someone is going to need this piece of information that I've now stolen from all, <laughs> from all, from all this busyness. And I'm going to put it here and hide it in plain sight. So people know exactly what is going on when I put it back in. So what I think, I think that is one of the coolest things about writing that you're, that you're constantly honing and shaping but even even when you don't think about it yeah that's true even when that's you're true. even when you're like oh you know because I, I have gotten some like the some of the most um some of the inspiration some of the inspiration for like dope projects while doing the most mundane things like I came up yeah. I came up with I came up with a poem by like what like mopping a floor nothing about that is creative right that's true yeah <laughs> You know, nothing about adulting is, you know, fun. And then you have this sur- this this surge of, oh man, what if my character did this? And then and then, you know, that ups- those um then that obsessive control center is like, look, hold on. I know we're driving. I know we gotta go to the grocery store, but we but I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let you leave this alone until you write this down. <laughs> until you write this down. Then and then here here go the here and then here goes the hostile takeover of the imaginary people and so you find yourself at your computer at odd hours like I just if I could just get it down right like if I just get it down they'll leave me alone right like I I've <laughs> I spend a lot of time when I drive I'm pretty sure people who drive past me think I'm crazy because I talk out loud like I'll talk scenes out loud I've gotten ideas just driving from a song or something and I'm like oh well you know, I'm pick, I'm hear a song and I just picture a scene. I'm like, oh, I know where this can go. Or, you know, just 
like I said, doing something simple as taking a shower. All of a sudden, you you just get all these ideas to change things or add things, and it comes out of nowhere. It definitely comes out of nowhere. <laughs> to be hundred percent honest, I, we one of the scenes, one of the scenes in book two where one of the characters are playing high and seeking the dark, and mm. that I, I got inspiration for that scene because from my family, we've played hide and seek in the dark. A lot of times, even as grown men and women, we play it. So, I, you know, like I got inspired to write something, <laughs> write a scene for that, which people think say as pretty as a pretty funny scene. But like I say, it, it comes from it comes from anywhere. Things that I have said or maybe have thought, and I make mm-hmm. a character say it. You know, so that's what definitely bits and pieces and inspiration comes from everywhere. Right, and and it and it, again, it comes to it. It then depends on that discipline. To pay attention to it because again, the invisible people will hold you hostage. Yes, they will. <laughs> they will. They will. They will really hold you hostage. But the beautiful thing about that is, I think, and have always thought, if it, and I tell you know this to people who I mentor, who I do writing coaching for, if the idea comes up more than twice, this is probably something that you need that you need to write down. True. You know, if it just, if it just kind of comes and it and it, you don't catch it and it flitters flitters away, okay, fine. But if it comes back more than twice, you probably you probably need to investigate that. Right. And as and as we begin and as we begin to wrap up, what are the pros and cons of writing a series? Because it, because again, those who come to this particular well of uh, encouragement, they're they're poets, they're essayists, they're space makers. They write series. And uh, what do you, what do you think are, are the pros of writing a series and the cons of writing a series? Because I would think one of the cons is the continuity, just keeping everybody together. And, and that's what, and that's the con. That's the biggest con is trying to, <laughs> especially when you have a lot of moving parts, a lot of character, you know, characters, and then not you don't, not only have the main characters, you have the supporting characters, you have their family, you know, you have different, you know, ages, especially if you're if you're following them over years. So trying to keep up with everything, and you know, and some people, a lot of providers are so great at keeping tabs. You know, they have spreadsheets, they have files. I don't. Everything. If I forget something, I, I'm serious. If I, if I forget something, I go back to the last book. I'm like what? And search for the name. What was the last name? You know, what, how old were they in this book here? You know, so <laughs> don't do what I do. Just write everything down and keep a spreadsheet. Said, don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but every and, and, but that I don't write. I don't write. Th- I tend to not write things down. Literally, everything is. I really pull everything through my head from my head. That's why people probably think I'm crazy. I have a lot going on inside, but. <laughs> that is the biggest kind of try, is trying to keep up with everything um, for me anyway. So the pros, hmm, there are a lot of pros. One is be able to develop a character over time. Be able yeah. to have the, you know, tell their story the way that unfolds over time. I love series because I like, when I'm invested in something and I'm invested in the character, I like to see how they progress. I like to see how they grow. I like to see what, I want to know what happens next. And to write a series to create characters and stories that you're able to, you know, develop and show their progression over time, it's, it's definitely a pro. It's definitely a pro. And to be able to be able to create uh, stories and, 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 and books to keep readers engaged over time. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a pro because you have to hook them. If not, you know, 99% of the time you got to hook these, hook these uh, readers by the first book. 
right. <laughs> if they don't like the first book, they're not gonna pick up the next book. Some may give the first book and they say, "Oh, that's not the, that great." I'll give a second book a chance. But by the second book, if you don't hook these readers, they're not gonna keep going with your series. So, a, a pro is for me is the fact that I was able to write each book in a way that makes the reader want to continue forward with their story and to pick up the next book. And that's that's a, that's one of the biggest pros for me. And then also, like I said, write have the characters and develop the characters um, through each book is a big pro for me. The, the only con for me with writing a series is, is again, like I said, trying to keep up with everything, especially when you're dealing with over you know the series over years, mm-hmm. you know, with ages and last names of minor characters and little things like that. But again, that's because I don't write anything down. But. <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> that, that, but but then again, that goes into you know those of us who plan and those of, and some of us who pants. If you if you <laughs> plot if you plot, you're already in the know. And that and that's actually a future show for uh, the month the month of June. The series is coming for the series is coming for that because that happens more often than people really think. But <laughs> one of one of the things by which I've seen also is that when people some authors when they begin to write series they actually co- they actually do collabs and sometimes that. Sometimes that helps. But if you could pick one person to do a book collab with, who would it be? I don't know, to be honest, because I I don't, at this point, like, you know, I'm so focused on, you know, writing, (laughs) I guess, by Mm -hmm. myself, I would say, and writing (laughs) my own, you know, writing my own stories the way, you know, my own way. I don't, not to say I would never do a collab. I'm not saying that at all. And I would be honored if anybody would love to do a collab, <laughs> do a collab with me. But I just, I, that's a question that kind of stumps me because I really, I really don't know because I don't, when I think of my writing, I just think of just me, you know, just me writing the book that I want to ultimately read again. I don't, and those who do collabs are, 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 are great. And I think that's that's great that people can put their minds together and ideas together to collab and actually do a book. And even in an anthology, I would never I would say I would, um, wouldn't mind doing an anthology in the future with um, other authors. But honestly, I I don't know. I don't have an answer for that right now because, like I said, I'm just used to writing by myself. <laughs> I would buy sounds, but... <laughs> no, that, that, that's, that's fair. Because sometimes, sometimes those of us... When we know how, again, when we have a specific idea for a specific topic or project, we know how we want it to. We we know how we want it to look, how we want it to sound, and sometimes yeah. other people, sometimes other people bring in flavors that we didn't ask for. Like, you know what? This is not going to work because you don't do it like me. And so now everything is off because you don't because you don't do it like me. And as we begin, to, and as we begin to wrap up, what is the best piece of writing advice you have actually been given? been given mm-hmm. well first of all one of the biggest um over time you know it's just even things i've been you know reading and you know posting things like that is write a little bit every day mm-hmm. um that's one of the biggest um pieces of advice that i've taken and one thing and i don't know if i was told this or i know or i know this one thing that i do tell other writers and that i follow is to write write the book that you love Actually, no, no. The one piece of the, the biggest piece of advice I, um, was a quote: "If you don't see the book, you <laughs> I totally forgot about. It. I don't know how I forgot about that. If you don't see mm-hmm. the book that you want, uh, the, if you don't see the book out that you want, I'm paraphrasing, but write it. 
So write right. the book that you want to read ultimately. So that's that is the biggest piece of advice that I follow and also tell other writers, like newer writers, any advice. Write the book that mm-hmm. you want to read. Exactly. And I believe in, in doing that, in doing that, you you is a passion that you bring to your writing, especially if it's something that you're passionate about that you want to read. And readers know when you're not into the book that you're writing. If you're just writing it because you feel like it's something popular right now, or you're just writing it because somebody gave you a title and said, here, write this. Mm-hmm. If you're not into it, people can tell. Readers, avid readers can tell. So I always want to put out, any book that I put out, I want my readers to know that I genuinely love it. When I go back and read it as a reader, Mm-hmm. I genuinely love what I put out. So that that's the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten, that I've read, and that I also give. Write the books that you want to read. Write the books that you love. Practical advice. And how can everyone follow you, follow you on social media, JB Vample, who has who indeed has been a wealth of joy for this particular program today. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Okay, so I'm pretty easy to find. I am on uh, Facebook and um, my my page is JB Vample and um, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at JB Vample. Um, I am on TikTok and my handle there is j.b.vample. They will let me put JB Vample the regular way. Right. Uh, and also, um, I have a YouTube channel. I don't have much on it, but a couple of books, book discussions with two of my uh, test readers. But my mm-hmm. YouTube channel is JB Vample. I hope to be adding more videos there in the future. Uh, but yeah, and then my website is uh, jbvample.com. And yeah, so that I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> so connect with me on all social media levels and I look forward to connecting with you. And I will make sure all those all those resources will be available in the show notes. Thank you so much, JB Vample. Thank you so much, Jessica, for, for gracing this particular podcast and know that I, I am gonna be I am gonna be rereading the series myself. Oh, thank that you. I'm, that I'm, that uh, again, and and uh, links to find uh, the college life series, the, the college life series will be in the show notes as well. You are welcome to come back to this particular this particular platform, and for the next writing adventure in page form or electronic format that you are going to grace us with. Yes, because I did write a new book last year. I'll be making hopefully announcing something. Hopefully later this year but yeah <laughs> yay so so in so in the third quarter we're just gonna say that in the third quarter there's there's a there's a new jb vample book so people need to follow you to see what it is oh you definitely need to follow me to keep up to update to keep up with me and updates and things like that yes yes, yes. So, I, so, I, so i wish you much writing success i look forward to the next thing you're going to put out and please 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 do not be a stranger to the writer's block I definitely want. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. <laughs> Love and time. <laughs> thank, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. 
All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blocks.